Welcome back to the Breakside Podcast here for episode five. This is your ultimate destination for in-depth collegiate and professional Frisbee discussions and interviews. I'm your host, David, here alongside my co-host. This is Garrett, and I'm coming to you live from Westchester, Pennsylvania tonight. I'm actually not in Ave Maria. This is the first episode that we've done where neither me nor David are in Ave Maria. So it's a little bit different, but enough about us. We want to tell you about our guests that we have tonight. He is a rising senior at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. There, he's the captain of the school's ultimate Frisbee team, known as the Dirty Birds. He is known for being a great handler, having one of the best throws for the Division III Southeast Men's Frisbee Conference. A big welcome to Jonah Hagstad. Jonah, thank you so much for being here tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to have you, man. We'll just kind of dive into this a little bit here and learn a little bit more about you. So, like Garrett shared, you go to Embry-Riddle, which is very, very known for um, aerospace, flying, and everything. And there's actually articles put out there how it's called the Harvard of the Skies, which I think is this absolute super cool name. But we want to know a little bit what drew you to heading to Embry-Riddle. So, when I got out of high school out in Louisiana, I started off going to LSU because it's where everyone goes. You know, if you start off going, being good at math, good at science, you go to uh, go to LSU for engineering. Start off at mechanical, but the way they do things over there academically wasn't really up to the way that I enjoy to learn stuff. Um, there's not much hands-on in the beginning. There's not um, not really many project-based in the beginning or, or anything in that. And once you graduate, you're pretty much dialed into staying in Louisiana to go into the plants. And that wasn't exactly something I was very interested in doing. Riddle was the place I was always interested in going out of high school. But again, money and just ease of access, LSU was just the way to go. And then after I had a really, really bad semester, I went to or ended up transferring out here to Riddle and joined the Frisbee scene as, as quickly as I could. Wow. And LSU and Embry-Riddle, clearly they're two very different schools. LSU is a big SEC school. And just last week, we actually had on this guy named John Michael Williamson from Auburn, another SEC school. So I looked it up. You guys have 40,000 students at LSU. It's a huge school. And now you're at Embry-Riddle, which is a lot smaller. I think you guys have roughly 7,000 students. So would you mind just telling us about the similarities and differences between being a student at LSU and now being a student at Embry-Riddle? I will say the average intelligence is higher out here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Being being a state school uh, for Louisiana, you do get the typical, just the people that are just going because their parents wanted them to go and they're just not there and they're just there to party. But out here in Riddle, the average intelligence is a lot higher. The uh, conversation's easier to follow. Don't get me wrong, there's still those type of people, but that you're going to get that anywhere. The size is a lot a lot different. LSU was designed like a city in itself. They have their own police department. They do everything on house. If you were to, you know, walk from one point to another, you, there's no way you make it in time for class. It's it's a big, big area to, to be in. Here at Riddle, I can just ride a skateboard or walk wherever I want to, and I'll still be there within five, ten minutes. That's that's awesome. And such a difference. Garrett and I, we go to Ave Maria, much, much smaller even than every Riddle. So it must be funny in just comparison to those as well. But we're here to talk about Frisbee. So Frisbee is obviously your sport. You play it at LSU. You play it here at Emory. And LSU is a powerhouse for Frisbee. At one point, you guys are ranked 22nd for D1 schools across the nation, which is incredible. 
and just an awesome feat. That was back in 2020. But now you're at Embry. It's a D3 school, very different scene, and I imagine maybe a difference in caliber of play. So would you mind sharing a little bit of the differences between those two settings for you? Yeah, so D1, significantly more aggressive. The Because like you said, the caliber of people is, or the caliber of players is different, but it also, it does have to do with the fact that there are so many more people to to choose from. You know, Riddle, Ave, like you get what you get and you make you make do with what you have and, you know, you work your butts off to do the best you can with the players. It's not to say you can't do anything with it, but it's, it's a little harder to make something of that. The first thing that I noticed when I got here to Riddle was the play style was a little a little slower and the the competitiveness, at least in practice, was lower as well. Just because at LSU, you know, if, if you're not good enough, you don't play. It, it's, it was very, very specific. Um, and here we, we have to play with the people that we have. And, you know, sometimes we get some people that just don't want to try, but we have, we end up, we end up working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Cause we get to, at that point, we have to, we get to build the chemistry and the bonds that we need with those people, even if they're not wanting to play Cause we have, we do rely on, but it really just all comes down to the fact that there's not as many people, but D3 in general, even though in, in the lower tournaments, the competition is not as as high there was there is always competition with you know upper level we played y'all you guys i mean in the beginning we thought we were going to be able to roll over y'all in you know regionals not the case at all uh, it was just a completely different atmosphere and that's just what that's what happens you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get in d3 d1's a little little more predictable in that sense yeah and exactly right we played you guys this past april at regionals and I'm curious if you could speak a little bit more on what that experience is like and the differences here at our regionals for the Southeast Division. There are only five schools there, which is pretty small, a pretty small yeah. tournament. And we were all competing for that just one bid to get to nationals. But I imagine LSU, probably a lot bigger of a regionals tournament. Do you lean towards the smaller D3 t- style or did you miss the big D1 play? So... I, I do miss the D1 play because there are so many more teams, so many more different play styles that you get to go up against and learn from. But being able to play with the, you know the five teams, I mean at, at LSU, if you go up against you know Auburn or Alabama a couple times a year, great. You go up against them once or twice, that'll be it. Here we know we're going up against the same teams. We get to know y'all better. I mean, how many times have you know, Riddle, Ave, Barry, whoever has gone out to, to parties at the same tournament. Like it just, it, it's more of a close, it's a closer bond, I guess, in D3. And I do enjoy that. LSU was actually at that same regionals tournament for their sectionals. So, so whenever we had some, some time, I went out and took some pictures and kind of hung out with some old friends that are still there. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's what Frisbee's all about too. It's just that connectivity and getting to just meet guys and talk to guys. It's so cool how you, how you had that experience and somebody that we talked to, that me and David talked to previously on this podcast was Colin Hill. He was actually our first interview. He was our first guy that we spoke to for this podcast. And I know, Jonah, you know Colin Hill. He is the center handler for Barry. He is one of the best players I know I've ever played against. I think all of us have that same sentiment, that same belief. And Colin said something really nice about you, Jonah. I don't know if you saw this, but he posted on Ulti World. And here's what he said. Jonah is the center handler for Embry Riddle, one of the best throwers in the region. He's got limitless range on both his backhands and flicks. He also plays good defense on the turn. 
He was always smiling and having a laugh with the opposing team, no matter the scoreline. Great player, but even better person. Clearly, Colin thinks very highly of you, Jonah, as a Frisbee player. From your perspective, what do you think about Colin as a Frisbee player? He's probably one of the most self-controlled player that I have ever seen. And that's something I do struggle a lot with. You know, if I see a big shot, I'm going to want to shoot it. It's just in my nature, you know, we all want, we all want the glory to actually make this, the scoring throw, but especially when we would throw a, a zone against, um, against Barry, there was next to nothing that we could do to rile him up or, or startle him or whatever. He, he was always level-headed. He knew exactly what to do. He found the holes, found the pockets. He, he, he was not concerned at all. He played at his level, what he's comfortable doing and let his team work the disc. And that's exactly what they did. And I agree with exactly what you just said, David and I, we played against them the last game Saturday and we beat them, which was very exciting for us. And when we, when we played them Sunday, it just wasn't the same. Colin had such good composure, everything that you were just talking about spot on. So Colin, hopefully you're listening right now (laughs) here, here we have to say about you, all good things, all good things. But going back to Ave versus Embry, Jonah, you, you highlighted it a few moments ago about how we've played you guys over the years. And I just kind of want to recap our games against you guys the past few years. So the first time, at least in me and David's time at Ave, which I guess would have been the year before you joined Ember Riddle's team, Jonah, we played against you guys in the championship of the Florida warm-up tournament in the spring of 2020. And we actually lost to you guys that game. It was a good game, but you guys got the best of us. We played you guys again in bracket play of the regionals tournament in Tallahassee in the fall of 2021. And you smoked us that game. I remember Jonah was by far our best player on the field. It, you were forced to be reckoned with. It was it was so tough. But finally, finally, David and I, we, we played against you guys again in Alabama. And we were able to finally beat you guys at regionals. But we just want to know, would you mind just sharing us with us your thoughts on Ave Maria's Frisbee team? So the big the biggest thing that I've all, that I've noticed with Ave at least the first couple of times that that I've played against y'all y'all do have y'all have a chemistry y'all have the throwers the athleticism and in the beginning at least this last season like y'all seemed like y'all were there but kind of struggling but once regionals came around it was a whole different atmosphere we we were not ready I guess for uh, to play up against the sheer speed of y'all's uh, cuts and just throws and everything it, it was. It was almost spastic looking, but so controlled that, that as much as we try to keep up or, or predict as to where y'all are going next, you just reversing up the other direction. And we were trailing up the entire field the entire time. And mm. that's, that's been my experience, experience with y'all. Um, my memory doesn't serve me the best at least a couple years ago. But no matter when we've played, y'all, it's always been a hell of a time to play. That's true. It's, it's super fun. Uh, always recapping games. And I think the Embry, Ave matchups starting to become a little bit of a rivalry it's pretty fun looking back on all the games but something garrett was sharing with me is how after that regionals tournament he was telling me how you guys were chatting up and everything and you actually suffered a pretty serious injury not too long ago and as someone who sadly and very unfortunately has dealt with injuries in my athletic career i can know that definitely takes a toll on you physically mentally it just takes a lot of endurance to push through that would you mind going into what that was like, overcoming that, going through that, and getting back to playing Frisbee? Yeah, definitely. So back in November, I had ACL reconstruction surgery. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were saying, well, you may have to quit sports or you're going to have to take it easier for a lot. 
and that's not at all what I wanted to do. And of course, you get all the um, the fun videos on TikTok and Instagram of all the different players pushing through and coming back better than ever. And I and I took that as a challenge. I the first week after the surgery was one of the hardest things I've had to do because I've I've never been purely bedridden to the point that if I sat up, I felt like I was going to puke my guts out, and that was not exactly something I was enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed doing. But as soon as I went started going to PT. I told them or asked them, you know, what's the what's the typical outlook? They said, well, you probably won't be running again until three, four months in and then cutting strong cutting or back into sports, probably about six or seven months. And I said, well, what's what's the, the, the low chance of that happening faster? I go, well, we'll let you know how you do. And again, taking that as a challenge, I did all the PT wor- uh, workouts that I, ha- that I had to do at PT, uh, at home, in the bed, whichever. Um, and I stubbornly ended up playing at UF. It was a small tournament out there where I only got to play the la- in the last game, which I really shouldn't have because I was still wearing the full metal brace on. <laughs> so I was sitting there limping around. But by the time I started doing that and truly started playing again, I was only two and a half, three months post-op. So as soon as I got that off and had enough range of motion to actually run and sprint, I was out there again, full force, about four months post-op. So it's, it's definitely possible. So who, like, if you ever have a major injury, no matter how bad the outlook is, there's always an upside. Something's going to come your way. But because of that, I know exactly how to keep my body healthy. I know exactly what to focus on because I know that's why I injured myself in the first place. I did not take care of the thing that I needed to take care of which was my, my joints. <laughs> my joints have a tendency of not being where they're supposed to be. Wow. Wow, man. That's an incredible story. But when you got back into cutting, into moving, what was that first initial game like? Were you scared you were going to re-injure? Were you fe- playing nervous? I was very scared, very nervous about it, but I also knew if I could shift my weight in a certain direction, then I wouldn't put too much force, and my body would definitely let me know what like how much is too much because the way the way that works for acl reconstruction is you have to treat it like your acl doesn't stretch as far as a normal or like the the original acl so whatever motion you normally would do that would stretch it out to its its maximum potential you don't have that anymore so if it stretches too far you'll feel that pain a lot earlier and yeah and there were a couple instances that i felt that i'm like nope that did not feel good so I backed off and had to readjust how I run. I'm still adjusting how I do my cutting and jumping now because I'm so, I used to be, you know, heavy jumper off my left foot. I used to be able to jump a lot and jump very high, but now I can't do it as well. I had to shift to both feet on my right foot and I'm not as coordinated that way. So it, there is some some adjustments. And I commend you, Jonah, for that, for, for coming back from the injury and the timeline that you did. I don't think there are many people out there who could have, bounce back as fast as you did. So that's amazing. And for people who don't know much about Frisbee, it's probably the one of the more physically demanding sports out there because it's constant running, running, there's constant cutting, there's jumping, there's there's so much involved. And especially Jonah's playing style, being the center handler for the team where so much is required of you at all times. It's just so cool that you came back. So congrats on that. That's so awesome. And Jonah, you're you're going into your season, your senior season now at Embry-Riddle. And David and I have talked a ton on this podcast about how special a senior season is. Like we just had ours and it was it was so amazing. And we want to know what is your your big dream that you have going into the senior season? It could be for yourself 
or it could be a, a team focused dream, but any sort of accomplishment or accolade that you're hoping to receive, do you mind just telling us about that? Yeah, definitely. My uh, my dream for this season is to be able to bring our, for the main part, to bring our team to nationals for the first time in a long time. That's been one of the biggest things that um, we've been working towards since I got here. COVID kind of knocked our uh, our team right before I got here from that eligibility to be able to go to nationals. Um, when they once they won Florida warm up, they were top in the division at that moment. And once once COVID hit, then they you know dropped down. They lost a bunch of their a bunch of their seniors that year. But that was going to be their year. I want to be able to be that person, be that captain to bring our team where they deserve to be. Especially, I mean, I don't know if y'all know, but I'm sure y'all do. We have I think two or we have two or three girls on our team that play with us at the at the uh, aggressiveness of the other guys. And I want to be able to show them that just because they are there doesn't mean they're 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 worthless. They they're they're there. They are helpful helpful for the team, and them being on the field is what we need. And I want to be able to show them that they can do whatever they want, regardless whatever division that they're in, whatever competition they go up against. But for a self goal, I guess would probably just get back to where I was and be able to surpass what I was doing before the injury. There's just something so special with working hard and working with a team. I'm sitting here at my desk in my room and I have a photo of my team from Ave. You know, Garrett's in that photo. And I can just look at that and think of there are so many good memories of waking up early and working hard. And when you get to those goals, it's probably one of the most satisfying feelings you'll ever have in your entire life. Just incredible. But if you take a step back before this fall, we're in the middle of summer. We're not practicing as a team, which for a lot of people, you can consider that as your off season. I get to relax, I get to hang out. But if you want to chase greatness and be really good, you have to put in the work outside of season. What does that look like for you? Are you preparing yourself in a special way? So I'm I'm currently playing with uh, Shipwreck uh, 604 in Jacksonville, a club team. And their goal this summer is to make it to nationals as well because we came very close last year. So that's that's going to be my training regimen for, uh, for that. I do a lot of outside throwing as well as much as I can, but in the time frame of school work and research projects and the normal practice that we have it's very difficult to find time to put in that extra work to get that extra throws in the extra film watching that we can do yeah wow and it's clear that you're a busy guy right obviously frisbee is a large part of what you do but you go to embry riddle which is so rigorous academically just doing a little bit of research on the school i was like wow i'd be intimidated to be a student here and i i absolutely don't go there i never spend a day there but just looking at it i was like oh my gosh but you obviously do more besides Frisbee, you know, besides work. Will you tell us about what work is for you this summer, what you're doing with your job? And then once you tell us about that, just talking about some of your hobbies as well. Yeah. So right now I am actually a dishwasher because I managed to somehow get them to pay me enough that I make more than what I prefer to be doing, which is a mechanic. <laughs> just very strange. But I mean, I love what I do. It is grunt work. But it's one of the things that even though you are the grunt doing that work, they love having you there. They know that you that you're worth it. They know that that you're gonna show you're gonna show up. And that's one of the biggest things when it comes to the restaurant industry is that sometimes sometimes people just don't show up. But when I'm not doing any of that, I love to work on my car with whatever limited money that I have. There's uh, definitely some modifications that I want to do, but that's a that's a whole different tangent I can easily go off on. That's awesome. Summer is such a time for business and everything. But Frisbee is a growing sport. I'm sure you're aware of that. 
you see colleges making it varsity, um, clubs are growing, and a larger amount of high schoolers are now playing Frisbee in high school teams. Um, I think currently, or maybe just this past weekend, you had nationals, I think, going on for high yeah. schoolers. The highlights from that are insane. Like Some of these kids are way better than I could ever be. It's just, they're awesome. But if you were to talk to a high schooler who's trying to play Frisbee this fall, what piece of advice would you give him? Biggest piece of advice is to watch upper level film and just watch upper level play. Because at um, in the in that beginning area, you only see some you you may see some college, some pro, but you're mainly seeing the high school level. And a lot of the types of throws that you'll see out there won't always work in college. But it's probably the at least the one thing that I did when I played in high school. So I don't know if y'all do know, but I went to a high school in Baton Rouge called Catholic High. We won the inaugural high school nationals first year, 2017. My coach currently coaches the Utah Wild right now. The secondary coach at the time has played for Minnesota Windchill, is on the Colorado Summit right now as well. And they were both up there during those the high school uh, championships. So anytime they they have they pass like the high school trophy around, it's got each of the schools each year on that trophy as to who won those nationals. We managed to get the first one on that one. What an accomplishment. That's that's amazing to be a national champion in high school, too. I mean, that's so cool. And something that David brought up is the fact that this sport really is in its infancy. It's such a new sport, just relative to other sports, and just in terms of popularity, too. It's getting more and more popular. So for you to do that at a time where Frisbee was even less popular than it is now, just to kind of be like one of those first national high school champions, that's that's so cool. That's amazing. But something else that we want to talk about here, we've talked obviously a lot about your time in college, and now we kind of want to make a pivot here and just talk about kind of what's what's next. Obviously, you're going into your senior season, but your time with Embry-Riddle Ultimate is it's shrinking. It's coming to a close. You have one more year, and we want to know what your plans are with the sport of Ultimate after you graduate from college. Yeah, so my plan is to, after, after Riddle is done, I plan to continue playing with Shipwreck as much as I can. But I also don't know where my career is going to take me out of out of college. I don't foresee it, it keeping me in Florida or being able to. Um, I would love to be able to come back and stay here permanently. It really just depends on where I end up. But where I do end up, I do plan on finding a a club team, an upper level club team, and pick up community, start building my skill once again, and being able to become one of the uh, one of the top people in those clubs as well. This is that's so so fun. Um, Post college frisbee, it's a little bit difficult, I think, to find clubs. I, I my experience is not as developed, and you leave the almost comfort and regiment of college, but breaking into that scene is a whole new world. I think it's a different style of play, and it'll be really interesting to see what you do next. But looking back and reflecting all your time that you played frisbee, what do you love most about frisbee? Why do you keep on going back, especially after injury? What draws you to the sport? It's the competition that never goes away. And even with competition and whatever arguments that you get into or how heated these get, the games get and rivals get, rivalries get, we're all, we're all still in the same sport. We're all trying to build the sport to become as big as any other sport out there. We're all here for the same reason. And that's probably one of the most amazing things that I, that I, uh, I find out about this. I keep going back. I mean, it, it, it's fun. It is. But I'm also a very competitive person at heart. And the fact that I am where I am and I see how how much farther that I can go, I just want to keep pushing. And that's why I keep going back. 
Incredible, Jonah. Incredible. And as we bring this to a close here, I wanted to completely open it up. And is there anything else you want to add? Any final piece of advice you'd give? I guess just the biggest thing is going back to that that injury prone time. And I've I've been injured multiple times. Never broken anything. The ACL was probably the worst one that I've had. But with anyone that ever gets injured that think all hope is lost, I promise it's not. I mean, unless you're breaking your neck, but even then I've still seen people come back from that. Just whatever the downsides are and whatever challenges you face for this sport, the community will always be there for you and want you to come back entirely. Wow. Jonah, thank you so, so much for your time. I think you're a model of endurance and perseverance. Thank you so much for sharing everything tonight. Yeah, Jonah, too. Yeah, thank you so much for everything you had. Clearly, you love this sport, which is amazing. David and I care a lot about it, too. That's why we're doing this podcast. And we're trying to find guys like you who are just so passionate about it, who want the best for the sport. Because I think people really deserve to know about the sport more and more. Like something we've talked about on this podcast is just the way that players communicate and how respectful everyone is. Just the fact that we do the chant or like the, that little cheer at the end of every game to say, thank you, Dirty Birds, or thank you, Ave, or whatever it is. That's just what it's all about. So we're so, so excited that you were on tonight that we got to further this conversation. And I just want to give a shout out to the AMU Instagram, Ave Maria Ultimate. For our listeners, please go check us out, Ave Maria Ultimate on Instagram. We also have our own Instagram, the Breakside Podcast, at Breakside underscore podcast, and our Twitter at Breakside underscore pod. And that brings us to the end of our fifth episode of the Breakside Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to me, David, and Jonah. Again, this is Garrett Hallinan coming to you live from Westchester, Pennsylvania tonight. Thank you so much. Have a great night.